Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Oops, I forgot to make a podcast. I guess that's how you know you're on vacation. But I didn't think I was on vacation. I thought I was just hanging out in a new place and doing things that were fun. But I was also still working and still am. Maybe I should actually take a vacation. Hi, everybody. Greetings from Saratoga Springs, New York, where Wendy and I are not on vacation. However, we're doing things like swimming in streams and driving around lake country and playing golf, hanging out with friends, eating watermelon. Sounds a whole lot like vacation. Somehow, though, it feels like if I had known it was vacation, it would have felt more like I wasn't forgetting to make a podcast. But let's just be here now. My friends who I'm staying with always had a copy of that book in their house. So it seems apropos to be here now, now. I know I've seen many of you on line um, at class, meditation class, through ishtayoga.com, where I'm teaching on Thursdays and on Saturdays. If you haven't had a chance to do that, it's easy as pie. Just go to ishtayoga.com, sign up for class. And um, it's been interesting to do programming of the meditation. And I say programming like I think about it, like a series or something, but I always choose the meditation based on intuition of what's going on in the moment. And even sometimes when people come into class and I see who's there, I'll switch up something about it. And certainly the way I talk about it at the time is not pre-written like a a sermon that I've seen, you know, uh, preachers on movies or TV talk about writing in advance and practicing and whatnot. Rather, I'm simply opening it as a channel and hoping good stuff comes out. So the reason for this rambling is because I didn't really program this podcast either. But I did want to say hi, and I wanted to um, let you know that I'm thinking about the value of having a practice in this time of the coronavirus and the time of the movement to gain more benefits, gain more appreciation, gain more rights for black people in America to look at systemic racist structures 
that exist in the country and to also do what we can to act around those issues, to act around voting, to act around police, to act around the priorities of funding and so forth. And, you know, there's a great deal of information, and maybe information isn't the right word, there's a great deal of academic and activist work on all of these issues. And just like with one person's own challenges that you're born with, you're struggling with, you brought from your upbringing, etc., I'll often tell somebody, you know, this work, this fixing of this thing is the work of your entire life. Like you will be dealing with these issues for your life. That is your work. And I feel that the country is in a similar situation where this has been going on forever and we will be working on it forever. So that means we have to be working on it always, including here now. So you can be here now, do what you can now. My friend who I'm staying with is um, a political activist and she's been doing a lot um, to try to get people to vote, to try to get people to vote for Joe Biden. And um, she's had us writing letters to people in Ohio to encourage them to vote. It's been very interesting because the letter is a form letter, sort of, except that it has these two blank spaces. One says, um, I vote because, and then the instructions to us as the writers of these letters is share your story of why you vote. So that was really interesting to sit down and think about that. So I would maybe offer that to you. Think about why you participate in the bigger community, because maybe that will help give some guidance about what's a way that you can have an action, do something here now. And I'm sure that one of the um, common things people think about, especially if they are doing stuff, if they are being activist, is they start telling other people what they should be doing. And um, that's always a slippery slope and a tricky thing to navigate because what's right for one person is not necessarily what's right for another person. So without letting anyone sort of off the hook, you have to do something, even if it's in your own personal sphere and it's pretty much your own personal thing. Maybe you're uh, incredibly busy taking care of, you know, two little kids at home and this is about as much time as you have to listen to the podcast while you're doing other things. But our own energy and our own intention is also a powerful thing. So maybe what you can do here and now is to hold an image of a place where there is more fairness. And if someone says something that sounds defeated or sounds callous, maybe it's possible to say something without it turning into some kind of a, a fight. But then again, there, there are fights that are worth having too. So let's just... Um, come back for a moment to this notion that a lot of people have been thinking about this stuff for a lot of time and 
you know, when the um, protest movement be began around Black Lives Matter last month, um, my first inclination was to shut my white mouth up and let people who have been thinking about this for a long time get a chance to have their say. Um, so that doesn't excuse me from being involved, but it may not be my place to be leading the charge. Um, I invited Reggie Hubbard to come on the podcast last month and um, he was such a delightful uh, inspiration and I've been watching him show up in more and more things where yoga is a part of a formula toward activism and you know I think we, we need to cheer on more people of color in those roles you know in roles of being the leaders in the yoga community that's one of the ways that in a smaller sub-community that you know I certainly exist in that we can be making a shift um, and you know there's the, the four keys that are referenced in the first chapter of the Yoga Sutras that you should be show love for those who are successful you know so there's always this little ping when like if as a yoga teacher you see some other yoga teacher getting some kind of recognition recognition there is always uh, the possibility that rather than feeling love and happiness for that success that you could instead feel like well wait a minute why didn't i get to do that why am i not having the same kinds of opportunity etc and um you know, one of the things that we can do as a part of being anti-racist is to cheer on the successes of people of color where we might have been the one before. And, you know, the, there was a policy in the federal government for a while of uh, affirmative action. And one of the things that happened, and it's such a common thing that happened, is that people who were not getting the benefit of affirmative action programs would say, well, wait a minute, just because that person is a person of color, why did they get the job when I'm just as qualified, or perhaps I'm even more qualified in some way? But this is, this is something that we're going to have to not only accept, but work for, right? to try to tip the scales back, not even back because they never were there, but toward a more balanced representation. What does this have to do with yoga? Yoga is seeing things as they truly are and to act from that place, to look at our dual nature, our nature as transcendent, and to look at our nature as participating. And there's no part of yoga that says, you don't have to deal with any of the hard stuff of living because you can do downward facing dog or you can sit still for 15 minutes. Yoga is always about finding in your daily living 
nonviolence, finding in your daily living non-stealing, which includes not taking from others stuff that they deserve. Yoga is always about finding an equanimity, being of calm, even mind, even-handedness. And yoga is about doing what's in front of you, not for you, not for the selfish benefit of what that brings you, but as part of the wholeness of life, as part of the oneness of what is. But rather than the oneness being this ephemeral, formless Brahman, this you know, thing that you only experience in meditation, it's the oneness that is expressing as diversity in front of you. And how do you experience that as oneness and then act in that way? So that when I do something, I recognize that I'm doing it for this wholeness. And if someone else gets something, that's the same as me getting something. We have all these bits of this wisdom embedded in stuff we hear about all the time. You know, to give is, 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 is the same as to receive. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. All these kinds of like, you know, sayings in all the various religions and whatnot. They all stem from this recognition of our oneness, even though the oneness looks like separateness at this level of existence, at the level of existence where we're working through our five senses and letting our mind make a story out of it. And all you have to do is ask several people to describe what's going on in any given moment, in any given situation, and you'll hear all, it's just all stories. Everyone has his and her own stories that are the mind and the, the products of their sensory experience woven together. Even me. My story that I try to keep using discernment and clarifying to relate to what is this wisdom that's been passed on for generation after generation is when you look out and you see someone else and you say namaste, that's because they are part of the oneness that you are part of. And in fact, it's not even part of, we are the oneness. So if you can continue to do your practice, and in your practice you take the step of meditating so that you can have experience of yourself outside of the limitations of your senses, that changes your perspective. So then when you come back into living, little by little, over the course of your living, <laughs> the whole life, that's your life's work, you gain more and more and more ability to see things as they are, meaning see the oneness. Have the compassion for someone else. Have the happiness 
and love for someone who succeeds. So I think that's maybe a good enough place to leave. And I'm going to go back to sitting in this garden in this backyard in Saratoga Springs with Micah and a handful of golf balls in front of me. And I wish you a contented summer. I will try to be back much sooner next time. I'm also going to try to drop a um, recording that I did of a meditation class where I spoke about Paramahansa Yogananda and Kriya Yoga. So try to fit that one in soon also. And definitely come check me out in class if you'd like. Saturdays at 9 a.m. and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Those are East Coast times in the U.S. Have a wonderful day, midday, evening, night. Namaste. That's today's episode of Peter's Podcast. Thanks for joining. I mentioned my meditation classes. I also teach asana classes at ishtayoga.com. So you can catch me there at 6 o'clock on Mondays or 12.30 on Thursdays. Really fun time. So we'll see you soon at class, or I'll catch you in your ears for the next podcast episode. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.